Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. Today for you, our podcast listeners, we have a special treat, a discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. When you're done listening to the podcast, be sure to click the box in the post to get your special discount. With us today on the podcast is Jay Cost, who has a fascinating piece of the Weekly Standard entitled How to Win in 2014. And I'm hoping, Jay, that this isn't directed towards the Democrats. Yeah. Because <laughs> I got to tell you, I have very little hope for the Republicans winning anything anytime soon. <laughs> well, you know, that was one of the reasons why I wanted to write the piece. You know, the animating intuition behind it was, you know, the Republicans look bad right now, but frankly, all parties that don't control the White House look pretty bad. Uh, when you don't control the White House, you look divided and disorganized because that's the way American politics is. You know, it's the presidency in a lot of respects that gives uh, focus and centrality to the government, gives it direction. And it's the same with political parties. And the Republicans have been out of the White House now for five years, and, you know, they, they look that way. But I don't think there's anything uniquely wrong with the Republicans right now. Nothing that, you know, I think as minority parties go, they're actually in pretty good shape. Jay Cos, one of the issues is that it, if you're just watching from home, you're watching through the media, whatever, the Republicans look like the Washington generals to President Obama's Harlem Globetrotters. They're just there to give him somebody to beat up on. Give me some information that's counterintuitive to that. Well, you know, one of the challenges the Republicans have is ironically enough that they control the House of Representatives. This is something I talk about in the article. You know, the good aspect of controlling the House is that they they can stop Obama's agenda. But, you know, the problem is they really have what you might say they have responsibility without power. You know, they've become this perfect scapegoat for President Obama to, you know, blame all the ills of the body politic on, even though they really can't work their will on anything. Um, and in in particular, what we see is the House Republicans move bills that just go off to die in the Senate, and then President Obama can blast the House Republicans for doing nothing. In other words, the, the Democratic Senate is really working as sort of a to provide political cover to the president. It's a very difficult situation uh, that the GOP finds itself in. And honestly, look, I, I think that that requires a different approach than what you know, House Republicans sort of entered uh, the you know their majority with. I think they were hoping to lead, and I think they were hoping that they could move President Obama toward the center, much as you know the House Republicans did in the '90s with Bill Clinton. They moved him back to his new Democratic roots, but this this president just doesn't want to do that. Uh, and so I think that the House Republicans need to take a different approach and sort of uh, disabuse themselves of the notion that they can actually, you know, lead because they simply don't have the power to do so. Jay Cos, give me an example of an issue that the Republicans in the House, the Republican Party as a whole, should grab and advocate so that they can counterbalance the president's power when it comes to the PR battle and make an affirmative, positive case for Republican leadership. You know, Michael, I think that's the problem, is that in, in, if we're talking about the PR war, you know, uh, I, I think that the Republicans have a, a very solid set of issues already. And the problem that they have is that they're just outgunned uh, in the PR war. And the, the modern presidency has so many tools uh, to communicate with the public in so many different ways to dominate 
the national conversation. That it's very difficult for the House of Representatives, you know, the leadership of the House, to counter that. You know, and it's interesting because, you know, when they designed the Constitution, when the framers designed it, they were actually so worried about Congress railroading the presidency. That was a big reason they split the Congress into two chambers to divide it against itself to sort of tamp down on its power. And they, actually, the original framers were worried that members of Congress had a PR advantage because they simply knew more people because there were, there were you know, members could go back to their districts. You know, and that's the consequence of a constitution that was designed, you know, about 150 years before the television set. The problem that we have now, uh, you know, as conservatives is that in the television era, the presidency is the dominant institution from a PR perspective, and right now the, the president happens to be very liberal. Well, Jay Koss, you said on the headline of your weekly standard piece, How to Win in 2014, I keep waiting for this good news, for this, hey, my, I mean, you, you said they're in pretty good shape for someone who just lost the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, White House, you make a good case there. You point out the number of Republican governors around the country and that Republicans have unified control of 25 states in the legislatures. That's great news, but now tell me what they can do to win. Well, what they need to do to win is they need to go back to their districts. They need, they need to, uh, there's not going to be a lot that they can get done in Washington, D.C. In 2014, even when they, if they do well enough in 2014 to take the Senate, it's still not going to be enough to, you know, budge a president who doesn't want to be budged. It's really as simple as that. And so I think what Republicans need to do is they need to sort of look to the future and look at 2014 as a tee-up to 2016, because that will be the that will be their next window. And, and to do that, at least in 2014, I, I think their number one priority is candidate recruitment. I mean, it's very easy right now for President Obama to rail against House Republicans. You know, it becomes another matter when you have two candidates, a conservative and a liberal Democrat, squaring off in a state. You know, so when you look at the Senate seats that are up, you know, you really want to find the best candidates that you can in states like Louisiana and Arkansas and, you know, uh, Montana and Alaska and even Iowa now, which is going to be an open seat. There's a lot of opportunities. And what the Republicans really need to, I think, focus their efforts on is is candidate recruitment. Finding the candidates there that can communicate the conservative message without needlessly alienating swing voters. And are there, are there Republicans in good shape to do that? on in the cycle, and, I, I, and I've seen some mixed, mixed stories, you know, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, you know, we're so far away now from filing deadlines and things like that, that there's still a lot of time for pro good candidates to emerge and to be sponsored and get the endorsements that are necessary, uh, so I think it's important, we, you know, we keep our fingers crossed, and look, you know, the Republicans have a lot of uh, you know, history to look at. You know, you can go back to 2010 and look at the seats that Republicans lost admit that maybe they shouldn't have lost. You can do the same thing even with Mitt Romney in 2012 and do kind of a post-mortem and see, well, these were the candidates who did well, who sort of punched above their weight class, so to speak, and these were the candidates who didn't. And, and what so what are we looking for, you know, for, for, for next year in, in these states that we should win? You know, that's the thing. You know, you look at, at somebody like, for instance, Mary Landrieu, who is, you know, voted for Obamacare, the senator from Louisiana, which is one of the most conservative states in the country. That is a seat that the Republicans should be able to win. 
But the problem is when you end up with candidates like Mark Sanford running in South Carolina, who doesn't care about the Republican brand or the damage he's doing. He just cares about Mark Sanford. And you spread out candidates like that, and then it's difficult for the Republican to rescue its brand from the damage that's being done by its own bench. Yeah, that's very true. Um, you know, and, and Mark Sanford is, is a great example of that problem. And then there were other examples of that problem. Richard Mur- Murdoch and Todd Akin, for instance. Uh, you know, in 2010, you had Sharon Angle and Ken Buck. Um, yeah, the, the, that's the challenge that Republicans are going to have. They can't let people like that win the nomination and become spokespersons for the party. Uh, because the mainstream media has really latched on to this idea that Republicans are extreme, they can't govern, they're not responsible, they can't be trusted. And it's it's something that is originated with the White House, but the media picked up the baton and has really run with it. And, you know, the more people you nominate like that, you know, you just play right into the hands of the mainstream press, which is a real problem. And so in this case, in the case of Mark Sanford, it's really up to the voters in South Carolina's uh, first congressional district to not hand him the nomination. Well, uh, I happen to like the old Mark Sanford. I'm horrified by the new Mark Sanford. So we'll see what they do. Jay Cos with the Weekly Standard, thanks so much for joining us on today's edition of the podcast. Uh, Don't forget to click the box below for a special discount subscription to the Weekly Standard. I'm your host, Michael Graham.